Okay, we're doing Maria. That Green Day song. Oh, yeah, that was a Green Day song, huh? Yeah. Maria. That. that song's way better. I think it was only on their international super hits. I think so. I think it was a B-side. This is Rage Against the Pod, otherwise known as Rat Pod. It's been a while. It's been several weeks since we last put out an episode. Exactly. But that's because we've been busy. Things have taken priority, unfortunately. But thank you all for still sticking around, listening to the pod. Um, Go to iTunes. go Go to Rage Against the Pod. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media. Are we on Spotify? At, we're on Spotify. We're on Perfect. iTunes. We're on everything but iHeartRadio. And I think Stitcher. Good. But yeah, so go check us out. Let us know how you feel. Uh, all social media is either Rage, at Rage Against the Pod or Rage Against Pod, depending on what whatever you use. I don't remember what which ones are which, but get into that. Uh, but this week... We uh, it was my it was my pick from weeks ago actually, uh, but we're deciding to go with uh, the song Maria. The sun ablaze as Maria's foot touches the surface of sand. Another lad as human contraband. Some legal felonies go past the name of the bar. She stuffed ten to a trumpet. All right, this is this is this is a pretty deep track on their. Th- uh, third album uh, The Battle of Los Angeles Bola um, I guess maybe we could just get into our initial thoughts on this one is, was this kind of one that you've always kind of forgotten about or? yeah for sure I, I until we did it weeks ago and then again this week I I could not think of what this song sounded like in my head what I always remembered was the just the really high guitar playing that that's droning. all I really remembered yeah but then listening to it, I'm like, oh shit! I I remember a lot of the lyrics to this song. Yeah, but it's not something yeah. I normally go back to. I think um, I think like lyrically, it's it's. I mean, I, I feel like I say this every fucking episode, but lyrically, Probably. this this is one of the coolest things that we've heard on the pods thus far. Possibly yeah. like the best thing Zach may have ever done. But musically, it's. I think the droning guitar noise. Is like the best part of it, but then, like the, but the solo, bass playing. the solo. I, I feel like this is one of those solos. This, like this solo is the reason why I don't like solos. It was just put in there because they felt they needed a solo. It doesn't do anything for the song. No, it doesn't. And Tom Morello can do better. And it's kind of but it's still like him. a pretty laid, not laid back, but like straightforward solo for him. It's nothing, nothing crazy. It's just it does nothing for the song. And and, and when you're Tom Morello, I I I have high expectations. True. No, there's that. But what about the bass playing? I thought you'd love the bass playing. The bass playing is cool. I th- I think that this song is just set up as like a hip hop song, like most of their songs. But but this one more so for sure. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I really like that that droning guitar noise. I think that kind of gives the song this weird like uneasy feeling, and mm. it, it'll lead into like the lyrics later. But like you could almost feel the uneasiness or the nervousness of the woman in the song, Maria, if that's her name. Like you mm-hmm. can feel her anxiety and fear just by that weird droning guitar noise. Not yeah, like it that. does. It really does give you that uneasiness. That's good. I didn't even think about that, but it really it makes, makes you sense. uncomfortable, you know? It does. Yeah, yeah. But then it, the, the riffs really kind of explode. The guitar really explodes during the chorus, though, too. So it, it's a nice relief from the 
the drone of that that high guitar which is nice too you know so it's not like this annoying thing the entire song yeah but i i I think it's great um let me see here i mean brad's drumming on this is really solid the tone he his drums sound great on this song um but other than that like there's he doesn't shine a lot on it but it's still good it's good for brad you know he he knows how to just play for a song yeah it's great i think this is just everybody taking a step back and letting zach tell a tell a good story yeah they they, and they do such a good job of it of just letting zach shine this is like like i said this could be like one of the best things like a hidden gem a diamond in the rough yeah this could be one of the best things he's ever done in rage. Lyrically or just... Um, yeah, lyrically. Just like the way he presents his story, kind of the imagery he uses, mm-hmm. the rhyming schemes that he uses in various verses. I think everything is just absolutely on point and fantastic. Fantastic. No, I think you're right too. And I mean, from what I was reading too, the, the entire song was kind of inspired by Zach's time that he spent in, uh, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, <laughs> Chiapas. 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 Chiapas, Mexico, which is in the southern part of the country. Uh, and he was actually helping out the rebel group of the Zapatistas. And uh, and I did some research on them because I never even heard of them. And apparently they're like 300,000 strong now, uh, but they started back in 1983. And they're essentially, from what I got, they're like, they kind of just started as like an indigenous movement, um, like anti-Mexican gover- government, indigenous movement, um, just fighting the neoliberalism of kind of Western society and everything. It's an interesting idea, but it's, I don't know. <laughs> it just seems like a, a lost cause in a way, unfortunately. But Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, did you do any research? Did you read up on it at all? I mean, I've, I've known who they were and I've heard of them before. And okay. um, I did do a little bit of research after that too to kind of brush up. But uh, they take their name from Emiliano Zapata Salazar. And I guess he was like a, 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 a guy during the Mexican Revolution, someone of importance, and that's where they got their names from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Zach does a lot of things with these guys, too. There's a, there's a song that later on we'll do. I think it's called Zapatistas or Zapata or something. Wait, a rage song? Yeah. It's, it's a non-album song. Oh, it's a non-album song. Okay. I was yeah. going to say, I, I couldn't figure out what you were referring to because i think they uh he refers to them also in the people of the sun but uh yeah i'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to like well, i lost like my train of lyrics thought. in my head but i can't remember what it does <laughs> yet. I, I told i and i lost my train of thought so okay well um, i mean we could uh let's get into the <laughs> let's get into the lyrics here because that's that's where my the bulk of my notes are coming from is, is yeah is the lyrics okay so so we got the first verse uh Really, the the song talks about you know a Mexican woman uh, leaving her hometown, coming to the United States, but it's not as great as she she thinks it's going to be. And then this just tells a more explicit story of of what happened. And the first verse is like traumatic, but not it's, even like the most traumatic intense. part of the song. Yeah, it's very intense. I like it because like immediately he establishes the perception that people are just objects. In this case, mm-hmm. it is the worker, and he, he calls him human contraband. Yeah. And that is just such like a, it's so derogatory, it's so gross, but it's so mm-hmm. effective, and it's going to lead, it's, 
it's going to lead to great places later on in the song. Yeah, absolutely. And like the the two lines I really like in this first verse is some Rico from Jalisco passed her name to the boss. She stuffed she stuffed into a truck bed. She clutches her cross. Like oh. fuck, man. That's a that's a heavy. Th- those are two heavy lines right there that that just really set the stage of what the song's gonna what's gonna happen in the song. You know, it's it's crazy. I like that too. That, that, that's a cool that's a cool line in the song. The way the way he says it too is is so distasteful uh, he's such disdain for this rich dude from Jalisco yeah and it's like and then also in this one she like she she gets on the truck to to cross the border and almost instantly she regrets doing this and then just is being flooded with memories of of her home that she's leaving behind but then she also thinks well it's not really my home anymore because of what's going on with with different wars and militants and all the and all that stuff so there's like nothing for her back home and there's only the future that, that's and she's just in such a bad spot and it's it's horrible that that last like part though of the he says it a couple times in this song but the very last line of the first verse of nothing no one nobody no more mm-hmm. i think that's like one of the coolest things that zach's done yeah but i do i love it so much and i kind of like i was like i wonder why i like this song so much i kind of read more into like poetry and how poetry is written <laughs> but again this was like three weeks ago so my mind's a yeah. little so i'm reading i'm rereading my notes trying to like jog my own memory here <laughs> we're also not poets right in any sense absolutely but what they call i think what they call this is a quatrain stanza and that's at the end okay. of the song when when it first or not the end of the song the end of the verse when it starts off of, of yankee guns for blood debts on the loans and then goes into three more lines but i think like not only is this set powerful but each part of the last line represents the lines previous in the same stanza does that make sense one more time say that one more time okay so not like okay so like the last line of this stanza Mm -hmm. each word like for instance when he says of nothing no one nobody no more there are four different thoughts there right of nothing that's one Mm -hmm. and and then that kind of leads back into the first line of that last stanza of nothing oh. referring to of Yankee guns for blood debts on the loans. Oh shit. And then also kind of like going along the lines to of nothing. She's praying to nothing because nothing's going to stop them, stop them. The Yankees, the people mm. that they feel are doing nothing wrong. These people think like these coyotes, I think they call them now is they take people, immigrants and, and vulnerable people and they say, hey, I, w- I will bring you to America in exchange for work. And they think they're doing the person a favor, but in mm-hmm. actuality, it's straight slavery. Yeah. And so I think that first part of nothing is, is leading back into that Yankee blood part. So I think that's kind of cool because she feels like she's nothing and she has virtually nothing or there's nothing she can do to s- stop it or save herself at that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the that's- second part, she prays to no one because she's like in the second part of nothing, no one. I think mm-hmm. that's her praying to no one because no yeah. one's going to see the atrocities and the human rights violations and no one's going to help her and no one's going to come and save her because of the Yankee bottom dollar. And there's probably so many people involved on this and there's so much hush money probably going around that literally yeah. there's no point in her praying to anybody because no one's going to help her. Yeah. The third part, again, nobody, different than nothing, but nobody... That kind of refers, and I, I'm thinking like the countless lives that are lost to the cause, and and that kind of equates to like zero because of the fact that these people are never seen. So, 
when you kind of think about all the people that are lost and died crossing over or are trying to walk over here and they die, it, it, it equates to zero because nobody knows who they are. Nobody cares who they are. And they're just, they're nobodies. Yeah. It's so sad. And that last one, no more. That's, that's like their existence. They're, they, they exist no more. They are no longer a memory of anything. They have decomposed into the soil and they are forever lost. They are completely yeah. nothing. Nobody, no one, no more. Yeah. Fuck, man. That's heavy shit. I'm telling you, man, that, that was like one of the, like, I don't know. The more I listened to the song, kind of read the lyrics and, and thought about it, that first part was just unbelievable to me. Yeah, that is. I I didn't catch that, but man, that's that's some heavy stuff. But it's it just shows how great of a lyricist Zach is. It's remarkable. It, it's really, really it's great. It's irritating. <laughs> it's irritatingly good. <laughs> he has no business. <laughs> he has no business being this good. It's annoying. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that jerk. But what what I think is interesting about the first verse too, and and you know, further on in the song, is like he he is pretty during certain parts he is pretty literal with his lyrics like he doesn't use a lot of metaphors except for like kind of toward the end of the the first verse because i mean i mean he's talking about you know he's the, he's telling the story literally and that it's it's really interesting how well it comes across and not cheesy sounding yeah you know what i mean because he sounds when he says these things that are that can be considered as cheesy and and silly it works because he sounds like he is 100% committed to that thought, to that ideology. Yeah. Like he sounds that he backs it 100%. Yeah. And I believe he does. It's not just I mean, some bullshit lyric that he wrote because it rang with the previous one. Exactly. I mean, the, clearly the, the man is passionate. I mean, passionate enough to actually travel to that part of Mexico and, and you know, live a little bit with, with the people of the, the country there. So... I don't know, man. He's he's a damn fine lyricist. Even though I don't agree with all of his politics, he's a damn fine lyricist. Damn fine. <clears throat> damn fine. So let's move on to the chorus here. Um, I, maybe I, you want me to just read the chorus and then we'll break it down? Yeah. Okay. These are her mountains and skies and she radiates. Through history's rivers of blood she regenerates. And like the sun disappears only to reappear. She's eternally here. Her time is near. Never conquered, but here. Oh, just I was playing it. I was listening to it in my mind while I was saying it. <laughs> he he has a way of of, um, of reading or of of reciting these lines just so in such a we, uh, an unusual way, but it still fits really well. But yeah, very very um very sad. Yeah, I I like the line. I like the two lines, and like the sun disappears only to reappear. She's eternally here. I love that. I, I I think it it's it it shows like some sort of hope, even though there's not hope. I feel, unless I'm reading into that incorrectly. I I saw it as as in this is kind of just continuing in in like the mortality and and talking about how much she is like the sun. Like the sun is born and essentially dies in the same day every single day. Yeah. And so she too is going to be born in this new life in America. But this is now her coffin. She's going to die here. And this chorus, I think, kind of tells you what's going to happen later on in the song. This is like a foreshadowing of what's actually going to happen later on. It is. But I, I also, I, I view it also as Zach saying, you know, she her story isn't gonna, going to be forgotten. You know, by him saying she's eternally here, 
her her time is near never conquered but here i i feel like that's him him acknowledging that her her memory is going to live on or or what's happening is going to live on even though it it does seem hopeless you know for a lot of the people that this is happening to so i feel like the the chorus is written to me from like zach's point of view like him saying you know i'm here to to let everybody know what's going on but the verses are telling the story the horrible story of maria so i I think that this chorus is just straight hopelessness i think it's i think there's zero hope and in the fact that her when it says her time is near and she's never conquered but here like these are her mountain ranges right the mountain ranges that stretch all the way down to her country she knows these mountain ranges but now they're but now she's gonna like like much like like luke or when han said to luke he's like i was born here you know and he's like you're gonna die here you know (laughs) it's like the same concept there she knows these mountain ranges but now she's gonna die and i think that part she's eternally here i think just kind of going along with the lines with all the with the first verse I think that means that this is where she's going to lay forever and nobody's ever going to care and nobody cares about it. Even like the name of the song, Maria, like in the Western eyes, Maria is like, you're arguably like the most, I don't know, stereotypical Mexican woman name you could have picked. True. Yeah. And I think just by name, but that was intentional. I think. Yeah, exactly. Like Maria represents all of these women that come over and get lost forever. And, and we only refer to them as Maria or the women that come from Jalisco or I think it's like Chihuahua they come from or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I, I think she's lost. I think nobody's ever going to remember this woman ever. Even her own family is, is not going to know where she is. Not, there's going to be no burial, absolutely nothing. There's going to be zero closure for anybody. Yeah. And oh, nobody's going to care. It's so depressing. It is. Man, I was looking that, I was I'm seriously, man, I was looking that at, at that way more positively but i think this i think this song is 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 nothing but negative and i think I mean, it builds yeah. and builds and builds until that that negative climax okay would you All call right. that a climax is that kind of fucked up i guess no well uh, no climax, the peak that's not really a peak either i guess you uh, call it a climax right climax maybe doesn't, yeah doesn't mean positive no 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 it doesn't it doesn't have to mean something positive i don't think Cause it ain't. No. Uh, should we get into verse two, or we should go and should we go into the refrain? Because uh, the I've oh no get, yeah get into verse two because we're gonna talk okay. about the refrain later on anyway. Yeah. Uh, verse two. Let's see here. What do we have? Um, you read so, the whole thing. Do you want me to read the? Want me to read it? I can read it. No, you don't have to. You don't read it. Okay. I, I, I mean, I want them. Do you want to read it? No. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Honestly, this is your pod. I got I got a lot of notes for verse two. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I guess I could just kind of like break it down a little bit, just real quick. Uh, it kind of just tells the story of her actually actually arriving into the U.S. But this because is, she's okay, illegal, this is read it like line by line as we go through it. How about that? Okay. Okay. We'll do that. So I, do you want I, to read I got the, I, I got notes that are just on the first the first part. And now she got a quota, the needle and thread crucifixion. Okay. And I, th- I think this is, is really poetic because it's kind of got a double entendre here. Not only is the needle and thread literally a crucifix because, you know, like usually yeah. when people are worked to their bone, they're pricking themselves and they're bleeding. So her fingers are probably bleeding all over this needle and thread. And when you put that thread through the needle, it looks like a cross, right? Yeah, it does. And then not only that, but also because it's kind of representative of what's inevitably going to be her death. Yeah. 
And that's that's kind of ironic there, I guess. It is, I, I think so, especially adding the crucifixion part. I mean, her poking her hand, that's, you know. Just that word in general, too, like crucifixion. Like that's a, that's, a, that's a powerful word. It's not just a cross. It's a specific type of cross. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. It just, it's like a menacing-looking word, too. You know? It is. With, with the Cs, the F, the X. Like not, not a lot of words have an X in it, but when they do have an X, it's like... Yeah, especially with a C. That sounds like a C and not an S. It's a solid C. Yeah. And sometimes you get those stupid Cs that sound like S's and stuff. I don't know. And in the same <laughs> word, there's another C, and that one sounds like an S. <laughs> Cruci. It's not crucifixion. Yeah, that'd be gross if it was. Crucifixion? Crucifixion? Fiction? Fuck, I can't even say it. <laughs> okay, and then uh, we get on to the, uh, the sold and shipped across the new line of Mason-Dixon. I like this line a lot, too, because he kind of, he, he's, he refers to like the Mexican U.S. border as the new Mason-Dixon line, uh, like between like the free states and the slave states. I, I thought that was it was an interesting. Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, I can't remember what word I'm. I don't know. But anyway, I, I thought like, that was an interesting line. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So like 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 the Mason-Dixon line for anyone that doesn't know, I didn't know until we I looked it up, but it was originally a territorial line to distinguish like certain states. But later on, actually much later on, it became the informal slavery line. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he's talking about how she's being taken over the new Mason-Dixon, probably from, you know, non-slavery to slavery, I would assume, yeah. based on the I would context here. Yeah. Uh, and then we have ripping through denim, the point an inch from her vein. Now, mm-hmm. what, what do you got for this line? Um. I, so, I, don't, I don't. I think it, you you kind of need to read this line with, in in the context of the first two lines. The last, the, yeah, exactly. The last part of verse two pretty much comes as a whole rather than line by line for me. Okay. Yeah. So like ripping through denim, the point an, uh, an inch from her vein, and then the four minute approach, a steps now pound pound in her brain. That's that's uh, a a really um, heavy line right there. It's scary. Like you yeah. can feel that fear, like like earlier when you can that that droning guitar, and all, all the while too, like Morella's doing the same thing. You can hear that droning guitar. He, he kind of like quiets it up and goes back and forth a little bit. The bass line gets higher and lower, and like everything just kind of weird. Everything's going on in just like this weird feeling and this vibe. Yeah, like you said, it, it's unsettling at times because it's it's just always there. It's like how she's feeling, like the overwatching eye. You know, it's just something that's always there and and unnerving yeah but and then uh, you know adding adding to that you know well it's the the foreman approach his steps now pound in her brain his presence it terrifies and eclipses her days i mean it's just terrifying for her i mean again here's another one where it could have like a double meaning like physically he's towering over here so it's it's you know it's blocking the light the shadows being cast on her Mm-hmm. And also, it's like metaphorically speaking, when somebody stands in front of the sun, it goes dark, and then with dark, you kind of become like an emotional, and you become emotionally dark. And so I think that's also very scary and a, a very frightening thought, especially for someone who's in a new place, a new land, doesn't know what's going on, and is being taken advantage of to the point where it's gonna it's gonna boil down to something big. I can feel it. Yeah, absolutely. 
uh, and then the the line after that is no minutes to rest, no minutes to pray, and with a whisper he whips her, her soul chained to his will. Fuck, that's I mean, it, just how how he's referring to to the the fact that it is slavery that you know that these people are putting the like Maria through is it's so devastating and it's so awful. It's even worse because he like Zach's mentions that her soul is chained to his will, not like her body, but her soul. And that's a very, yeah. I mean, that's a very religious thing for anybody to kind of go through. And it's your body is one thing, but your soul and, and, and your, and your faith is a whole is a completely different story. Much yeah. like earlier on Jesus and the crucifixion where like he was willing to die for that. And like here he doesn't have just her body. He has her soul. And that's mm. like even worse. That's like the worst thing they could possibly do to her. Yeah, absolutely. The 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 next line though has always kind of it kind of throws me off. Like it's in quotes and it says, "My job is to kill. If you forget to take your pill, well, actually, now that makes sense. Now I read it again. But I, I mean, thought here there was there was two meanings to this as well. Like one was if she's just not taking birth control because she's she's getting raped or sexually assaulted. Yeah. And the other one is my job here is to kill you if you're not taking your pill, as in you're not taking your conformity pill, the same pill that everybody else yeah. is taking, whether it be drugs or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But if you don't swallow that pill, then that means that you're an outlier and he's going to, he's going to, he's going to deal with you accordingly. Yeah. And then at the end of that line too, Zach laughs and it's kind of, it's a very eerie kind of laugh. You know what, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's so weird. But, uh, <clears throat> and then the, I mean, I guess the next four lines just tell, I, I think this is the most dramatic part of the entire song lyrically. Uh, do you want me to read the last four lines? Yeah. Okay. Her arms, her arms jerk. Wait, her arms jerks. The sisters gather around her and scream as if in a dream, eyes on the crimson stream, numb as her wrist spit shots of blood to the floor. I am nothing. No one, nobody, no more. Dirty. Fuck man. That is a, that is heavy right there. Dude, the way Zach rhymes scream, dream, and crimson stream. Yeah. Crimson stream. Like, just, how, do you, how do you say that? Like, how do you. I don't know. It's crazy. Scream, dream, crimson stream. Like, crimson, crimson stream. Just like. <laughs> like, for, nobody. Crimson stream. Nobody even uses that, that adjective to describe a color, right? Crimson. Yeah, it doesn't. Unless you're trying to be, like, dramatic or something. Right. And, like, this is so dramatic and this is so over the top, but it's so effective. Mm. It's so powerful. And then again, ending it with, with the nothing, no one, nobody, no more. That's just. As she's bleeding out on the floor. Like, it, like dude, I'm telling you, man, that foreshadowing to begin with, like, she knew it was coming and then there was nothing she could do to stop it except just yeah. this. Yep. And it's like, yeah. you, it's, it's, Zach writes this in a way where it's really easy to kind of like empathize with her and understand mm. why she decided to do this, why she decided to take her life. And you just like, you, you totally understand it. And, and it's one of those things where, especially like suicide in our society now is, and mental health debate. It, it's, it's something even people can't really kind of get behind because they just don't understand it. Suicide's still a cowardly thing to some people. But like yeah. this, there's like no ifs, ands, or buts. Like there's no way you can not empathize with her and feel what she was feeling and understand why she did what she did. Yeah, I know. You'd be, you'd be a monster if you didn't feel something. You're a monster, not a monster. Yeah. Stars, a monster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
yeah, I just and the fact that how she killed herself was with one of the machines that she uses at her at her slave labor job, you know. That it meal, it, it yeah. makes it that much more dramatic, you know. And that much more effective. But then yeah, like you said, ending the ending that verse with I am nothing, no one, nobody, no more. That might be like one of my uh, new favorite like lyric lines of like any yeah. group for a while. It's, I just think it's, it's so powerful and so effective at what it's trying to do. Yeah, it really, really is. Um shit. Let's well, we already got to the chorus. We already did that. Uh now we can just get to the uh the refrain. Yeah. Uh it's to tear away at the mask, away at the mask, to tear away the mask. Uh there's, I, there's so many you, different what, what are your here. yeah, what are your your thoughts on this one? Because I feel like like it could just go so many ways. Is he talking about like the mask they need to put on to dissociate themselves from the pain? Is it the mask they may actually be making? Is it like a mask that's made from like the emotional hurt and the suicide and is metaphorically tearing away at said mask? I don't know what type of mask it is. It could kind of go any way. And I think that's kind of the point. Like that's kind of the point where he says, tear away at the mask and whatever you think that the mask is, is supposed to, I would, I would think that it's supposed to kind of be like this, this self-reflective thing where, where you say, oh, she's talking about this. And then because of that, kind of like that ink blot test, you know, whatever you see mm-hmm. in it is supposed to be indicative of like your thought process. Yeah. So maybe like whatever you think the mask is, is is like how you view, view the world or the story or the situation or whatever it is. I don't know. Okay. I mean, yeah, that that's that's a great Fuck interpretation of it. Because I, I was having, I, I just didn't know which way to go on the interpretation of that. I, but I mean, that I think that shows his good, his good way of, or his that he shows how good of a lyricist Ooh. he is. I can give that one out, man. Yeah, I think it's ambiguous on purpose. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think so too. And then before we get into the last refrain, we there, there's there's a short bridge, um, and he says, "No minutes to rest, no moment to pray." just over and over again until the very end where he says just a moment to pray or no, it eclipses her day, just a moment to pray. Um, and this is, this is, I feel like this is a really effective line because, you know, it it talks about, you know, exactly how she felt in the factory being tortured essentially. But then it also, you can take it as, you know, how we need to take action and we need to, you know, do it right now and, and make the change, you know, (sighs) So this doesn't happen anymore. So I like I like the double meaning there. So you're st- you're still going a little bit positive. I'm gonna do super negative on this. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah. Like oh, dude, it gives me chills. But so, see, that's what makes this song great is that we can we can uh, discuss a, like the different viewpoints, how you can take it, just depending on how you're viewing it. So like the last time we heard in this song about the eclipsing the day part, right? That was right before she took her life. Yeah. And so this part right here where it continues, he says she can't rest, she can't pray, she can't rest, she can't pray. Praying is another big thing in this in this community and especially to Maria. And so when that eclipses her day and then finally just a moment to pray, what that kind of like tells me is that she snapped and she's had it and she thinks to herself one time, one split second, help me God and then kills herself. Or like I'm or forgive me God or something, something yeah, along like the lines of like that and then God, kills yeah. herself. See, that's fucking heavy, too. Because <laughs> it's the only time where, like, things kind of work out for her. Yeah. And then again, back into the tear away at the mask. And I think tear away at the mask, that's going along the lines of what you were saying. is 
then now we need to take action because he says that multiple times throughout the song tear away at the mask tear away at the mask but now it's real now somebody has died now somebody mm-hmm. has taken their life so now we need to tear away at the mask it's not a suggestion anymore it's like do we fucking need to do this Woo! wow man that that is a that is a heavy song man that is great um not not you know that i condone <laughs> what's happening in the song but i have so much love for maria i don't even know her she's not even a real person i don't i, I don't know I just, she could be i, I, I mean, want to like invite her to my house and like have her just hang out <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i mean she's eternally here yeah. um well there <clears throat> but anyway. I, do, do we have anything else to say about the song before we get into some other stuff no no it's uh that's it for I mean, the sadness. Yeah, man, that was that was heavy. That was way heavier. That ended up being <laughs> way heavier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I told you, dude, this thing was, it, it was, I think it just kind of like snowballed. And once I read into what I thought it was in the beginning, yeah, I kept coming back to that thought. And it just, like I said, just kind of snowballed into this epic tale of, of sadness and horrible nature of man. Yeah. It's fucked up, man. Um, okay, so... There's I couldn't find any sort of demo or alternate version of the song. I mean, this is it. This is all we got. Uh, there was no music video for it. They only ever played the song live twice. Uh, once at the Troubadour in Hollywood in 1999, and the other time at the Free Mumia benefit concert in 1999. Um, I'm just gonna play it because it just proves how great they are as musicians that they could pull this song off and pull it off so well. So here's the um, here's them playing it at that benefit concert. If it'll play it, but that's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is like the only live video of it because I couldn't find anything of the Troubadour show. So that that's it for that one. <laughs> but it's fucking good, man. And the, like his bass sounds so chunky and heavy in that chorus. But I mean, that's like poor. It's just like poor mic- a poor microphone picking it up. But ah, oh, man, that was that was a great performance. I don't care what you say or think. You don't know what I say or think. No, I'm I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Again, I I think the song itself, like structurally and musically, I think it's I think it's okay. I think it has a lot of hallmark rage themes yeah. to it, and 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 that dinner, like we that rage does that. <laughs> everyone, yeah, everyone, we know that. 
we get identifies it. that as a Tom Morello riff. Yeah, for sure. But for sure, <clears throat> lyrically, this is this is what's going on, and and that's why it's so late on the album of of Bola, and that's why it's kind of forgotten. And yeah. it almost seems like this was like a Zach song that he insisted on putting on album, and then they just wrote like a quick, you know, copy rage tune to it. <laughs> copy rage tune. Yeah. I mean that that could that could be it, you know. I mean, considering this was their last like official record, you know, maybe they had just burned out, you know. Because I mean, if you look at listen listen to the sound of this record compared to Evil Empire, it's a huge shift in in the the quality of the not the quality of the music, but like the dynamic of the music and and just a lot of it was just it's just a very different album. Yeah. But, yeah. Yep. 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 Um. But uh, Prophets of Rage, you know, with Chuck D and uh, Be Real, they never covered it. Audio Slave never covered this song. That would have been insane if Audio Slave tried to cover it. But um, there's actually a really popular cover out there by uh, this guy named Grandson. Have you? Did you hear this at all? Uh-uh. It's almost like a bluesy guitar kind of uh, cover of it, so... I'll play it real quick, and I, I wanna, I'm curious to see what you think of it. Here it is by Grandson. They're not sending their best. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. The sun ablazes, Maria's foot touches the sand. On northern land, as human contraband. She got her name passed down to the boss. Now she's stuck on a truck bed clutching her cross. So I'm going to be signing a national emergency. Yankee guns, blood guts on the loans, smoldering fields with bright rubble and bones, graves hidden, trapped in visions of war. She prays to nothing, no one, nobody, no more. Not horrible, but I don't like the sound clips. But <laughs> what'd you think of it? It's only like the same song. It just I don't know. You like sampled certain parts of it, and I guess <laughs> I, just, I don't know. It's like a totally different song. But that's what you like about cover songs. <laughs> but he wasn't even singing like some of the same lyrics. <laughs> oh my god, dude! You just make no sense when it comes to to cover I make, songs. I make all sense. No, you make no sense. There's like no rhyme or reason as to why you like a particular cover. Who is who is this guy? Uh, his name is Grandson. <laughs> yeah, he's a young guy. <laughs> oh man, that, the, <laughs> that's funny because I, I mean it's not funny, but it, it's just I guess ironic that we're doing the episode Maria. Because uh, in Arizona, they passed a bill almost 10 years ago. I think it was like Arizona SB 1070. And it was supposed to crack down like heavily on, on illegal immigration. Mm-hmm. And with the 10-year anniversary coming up, people are, are very torn about it. Well, yeah, I bet. <clears throat> it, it implemented some pretty fucked up things. But um, yeah. yeah, I just thought that was kind of not really funny, but... 
I guess it was kind of funny, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking for. I don't know either. Interesting. It was interesting. It caught my interest. Uh, yes. We're kind of burning the midnight oil here. Almost yeah. the midnight oil. So. Yeah. Um, so I, I do have another cover here. This is um, this is actually the, the original Prophets of Rage. We played them before. Uh, they were actually a cover band in the, the mid to late 2000s. And uh, they were... They were there long before uh, Chuck D and B Real decided to swoop in. These guys are but they, awesome. Yeah, they did a cover of Maria. This is this video was posted um, by Shiny Princess Linda uh, on September sixteenth, two thousand nine. Has eighty six views. Uh, so you know, I might as well just play it. So here it is. It's a little sloppy, but you know, at least it's kind of fun, interesting. These guys, these guys deserve more credit, though. That's what I think. They're better than the actual prophets of rage. I'll give them that. <laughs> like, like every uh, every cover I was looking, for, I I tried looking through probably a hundred different covers of this, <laughs> but it was all like the same boring guitar cover of some guy either sitting there, standing there, not even showing his face. And just playing like that that same high pitched riff over and over again, and it's just like, why are there why are there a hundred of these? I just I don't understand it. But oh god, it was annoying. But did you like that one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean it was okay. You, you like the OG Prophets of Rage? I do. I I think they're fantastic. I, I think they're really <laughs> cool. They're like a like a dad band that plays at the bars only, but are really fucking good. Yeah. It's like how many times you go to a bar and you hear like fucking that song anything anything by I think it's Drama Rama or or like uh, Jimmy same, World yeah like the middle you hear the same fucking music at these bar cover bands they all play the same shit mm-hmm. yeah no you're right please rage rage is hard to do man and it could be offensive to a lot of people so I think that's why they don't play the songs. But I do have one last cover. You might actually appreciate this one. <laughs> More than the rest. <laughs> so this was uploaded back in September. It was uploaded on September 2nd, 2011. Um, has 447 views. I cannot pronounce uh, the user who uploaded it because it is in Russian. Uh, but this is, uh, this is a pretty cool cover version of it. I think it is. So here we go. 
What'd you think of that? That was good. I like that one. I was just good. Yeah, it was and good. you can it was you solid. can never be pleased. I thought <laughs> you would like it because it's in another. It's in Russian. I thought you would like. Yeah, it. Yeah, that that's why I I <laughs> I gave it good, not okay. It's it looks like a bunch of guys who are probably like eighteen, nineteen years old, and they're just playing in this like weird rehearsal studio that looks like uh, the Black Lodge in Twin Peaks. <laughs> just like these these deep red curtains just surrounding them all. It's kind of eerie looking, but it's pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was cool. It was like the only interesting cover out of the hundred or a couple hundred I, I sifted through. It's stupid. <laughs> Did you really sift through a hundred? Probably like a hundred. Well, I mean, I didn't listen to every single one. Like I listened to like maybe the first like five guitar covers and I'm like, these are all going to sound the fucking same. So I just, anytime it said guitar, guitar or bass cover, I just kind of skimmed past it. And then any like band covers, which were like few and far between, I, I would put on real quick and you know, the rest is history really. <laughs> the rest is history. But, uh, but yeah, so there, those are some interesting covers I, I came across there. Uh, I guess this kind of leads to the MVP. If we don't already know the MVP of the song. Oh yeah. I mean, come on. That's, that's a no brainer. Zach. Zach. I mean, there, Zach there, sure. there is no even. Everyone's tied for fourth, other than Zach. <laughs> I mean, Timmy C is, is is a little bit above the other two, but no. I, the only reason Zach I is would, so far ahead. The only reason why I put Tom Morello number two is just because he does help the feeling of the song. I don't um, think I don't think Timmy C or or B Dubs does really <laughs> anything to help the song. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Would you put this in a top as one of your top five rage songs? I'm looking at the ones. So we've done Vietnam, No Shelter, How I Could Just Kill a Man, Down Rodeo, Bomb Track, and Ashes. And so far, yeah, this is top five. Yeah, this is top five for me as well. But that's, dude, that's only because Zach killed it on the lyrics. Yeah. Kills it on the Vox. This is, uh, I remember as a kid too, like, this is a song I'd always skip over because it wasn't, it wasn't like super heavy. And I, I didn't listen to the lyrics, you know? I didn't listen to the lyrics to this until. A few weeks ago, yeah. So, me neither. yeah, th- this is a new gem for me for sure. Even though I've always liked it, it's a new gem. That's but uh, that uh, that that's it. That's all, right? I that's think it, for that's this, all. 
Okay. Uh, thank you all for listening to Rage Against the Pod, otherwise known as Rap Pod. Go to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Rage Against the Pod or Rage Against Pod, depending on where you're at. Uh, you can listen to us on whatever you're listening to now, or you can switch over to iTunes or the Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, yeah, pretty much anything else except for iHeartRadio because they suck. Because they suck. But uh, that's it. That's all for uh, Rage Against the Pod.